to Real Perspective, the podcast based on a YouTube channel, based on a podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, MJ Smith. And I'm Michael Moray. And this week we're joined by a guest, uh, a former guest and current guest on the show, Missy Lonsinger. Hey, what's up? AKA the, uh, I, I, I didn't oh, memorize it. I forgot it as well. I'm, I'm confused. So Missy texted me for the first time today <laughs> and she said, uh, this is Missy, by the way. And then she said, a.k.a. the delightful, dainty, eligible Miss Marvel and her band of singing wooden creatures. So that's, that's her contact name now. That's the one. Got it. Yep. So I'm not going to remember that I did <laughs> no. that. And then I can barely remember that I have my wife as wifey in my phone. So I'll go to dial her number and look up Kristen. And I'm like, why the hell isn't it showing up? So if I ever need to contact Missy for anything, I'm going to be like, yes, she doesn't exist in my phone. <laughs> I feel like context needs to be laid for that. I'm not weird. I mean, I am weird, but... Please tell me what the context is for it, because I didn't really... Is this because oh of the God. Desiring God review? Okay, so this was from Babylon B, which is a satirical, I mean, loosely Christian-based... Well, it's, it's Christian-based um, website, and they did a like mock review of Captain Marvel. Okay. Uh, in which they took the stance of a very, very, um, hashtag not all men, like, why, why is she not watching the kids and, like, making sandwiches yeah, like, in the kitchen? where's her husband? <laughs> right, why is her name not Mrs., uh, husband's first name, Marvel, or Captain, whatever the hell it was that I Is that what it, okay. Yes, that was one okay. of them. <laughs> I didn't, so I had read that when they posted it five days ago. Right. So the other context of that is that John Piper's website, Desiring Oof. God, posted a serious review that was Basically, the Babylon Bee's satirical review, yeah. but not Ooh. ironic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was just like, it was like, it she, was weird. why is she protecting men? And it was like, why are we telling women they flames? can be strong? Yeah. She was like what? shooting flames out of her fist, man. Like, that's the person I want protecting me over, like, if it's aliens plus fire fist or <laughs> aliens plus just a nine millimeter. I, I'm gonna go with the fire fist person. But, but think about all the good sandwiches she could be making with exactly. fire fist. Sure. <laughs> and babysitting. So much just, good grilled cheese. Yeah. Just immediately. <laughs> just, come on, man. Just so. a grilled cheese on one fire fist and a bowl of tomato soup on <laughs> A fistful of tomato soup. Just perpetually warming them. That's fabulous. <laughs> she doesn't even need a stove. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start it off well. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Well, this is the kind of podcast it's going to be, folks. Anyway, we are here to talk about, uh, I wanted to say Miss Marvel, which is technically correct, uh, but Captain Marvel is the name of the movie. It is the 22nd Don't ask me. Marvel movie? Pretty sure. Okay. Yes. I think so. Yes, because Black Panther was the 20th. In, and in, in, Infinity, or War. Infinity War was the 21st, because yeah. how do you screw that up? But then Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, you're right. Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's the 23rd. So we don't know. Okay. Yep. <laughs> 20-something. Yep. yep. <clears throat> uh, yeah. There's 20... <laughs> Yeah. It's the 23rd of these. How does How is Endgame not 25? Come on, guys. Anyway, it's the 23rd of these uh, Marvel movies. We talk about all of them because people actually see those, and uh, we want people to listen to our episodes. Yeah, this is a the origin story slash introduction to the character who we are told is going to be uh, integral to the, the the events of Avengers Endgame. It's future an origin movies. story. What's that? <laughs> and future and movies. future movies. They're kind of setting her up to be Iron Iron Man too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's about uh, Carol Danvers, who is a human who 
was gifted these powers and has amnesia that she is Carol Danvers um, and sort of ends up on Earth through a series of mishaps and ends up discovering who she was on Earth and kind of trying to reconcile that. Meanwhile, she's in the middle of a war between two races. Um, one is her uh, race that she has been brought up by of aliens um, called the Kree, and the other one is a, a race of shapeshifters called the Skrull. And so she's kind of caught in the middle of the conflict and trying to uh, navigate her way through that as she is trying to figure out who she is even, um, whether she's a Cree or a human or some sort of hybrid or, or whatever's going on um, with that. And uh, that's it. That's the movie. Yeah. That, that's kind of all there is to it. But Samuel L. Jackson has a cat. And it's <laughs> yep. really exciting. And uh, yeah, it, so it, I think the big thing for the movie is it takes place earlier than every other Marvel movie, right? It takes place in 1995. Mm-hmm. Um, well, except for Captain America, the first one. Oh, that's sure. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Um, but it, this feels more in line with like all the Avengers yes. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yes, this takes place in 1995. So it's, it's pre Iron Man one. It's, you know, mm, pre Avengers. Yeah. Pre Avengers, uh, etc. So they have done the go-to Disney weapon of choice from the last few years, which is de-aging certain actors mm-hmm. to <laughs> appear in this, uh, movie. Samuel L. Jackson actually features really heavily into mm-hmm. the events of the film and they did a de-aging job on him, as well as Clark Gregg as Phil Coulson. Uh, Brie Larson plays Captain Marvel. Ben Mendelsohn is the bad guy. <laughs> and uh, Jude Law is, is the good, good guy. guy. <laughs> uh, first things first, Jude Law is aging like fruit. <laughs> what? He looks like he got warmed over in a microwave. Dude, oh. I so we watched we watched the movie Vox Lux, which was a 2018 movie this weekend, and I was like, "Whoa, is that Jude Law?" And Kristen was like, "Yeah, I think it is." And I was like, "He looks rough, man." Mm. But he's supposed to be like a manager, like a music manager, like a hey, like that guy, right? And so. I was like, oh, it's kind of like this whole like Gerard Butler by way of Dave Matthews look is kind of makes sense for him. And then I saw Captain Marvel and I was like, ooh, yikes. Like you just like, like he's in better shape than I will ever be, I'm sure. But there was a point where like people thought that guy was going to be James Bond, right? Mm. Like he is not, he has not entered his 50s gracefully. (laughs) He's aging like a British woman who <laughs> aged like English bulldogs. No offense. Actually, that's really offensive, but, you know, whatever. Uh, I just, he looked worse between Crimes of Grindelwald and this, and I don't understand it. Yeah. Anyway, weird. that's that was very distracting for me. <laughs> was every time Jude Law was on screen, I was like, he, like, his hair's receding, but he's, like, not ready to commit to that yet. <laughs> It is real weird. He looks rough. <laughs> I, that's all I had to say about that character. Really. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's in it as the quote unquote good guy. And uh, he is he's a Kree soldier who is uh, has a crew of people that he goes on missions with. And it, through these missions, he uh, through one of these missions is what leads to uh, Captain Marvel being sent to Earth. Through a botched capture, basically, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> being sent to Earth. It is a pair of, um, are they husband and wife or related somehow, the directors? Oh, oh I don't know. I don't know. I've never heard of them being actually 
like related. So. Okay, I thought they were connected outside of just being partners. Huh. Okay, like, maybe. Uh, but I could be wrong <clears throat> about that. Um, <clears throat> anyway, this is their first major budget movie. Their last movie was It's Kind of a Funny Story, which came out ooh, a handful of oh, years ago. Okay. Um, with Zach Galifianakis. Mm-hmm. Pretty good movie, yeah. by the way. It's a pretty good, it's a standard indie movie, but it's, I liked it. Um, and this is their first kind of big budget thing, and it shows. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is, uh, the movie that they decided to rest Endgame on, uh, uh. <laughs> for some reason. And we'll talk about that. But, uh, first impressions, Missy, what, what did you think about Captain Marvel? Uh, it, it was, it was okay. Um, which is probably the best thing I could say for it. Sure. It, it re- okay, so I left it feeling like I did after watching Doctor Strange, which mm. is I have way more questions going into it than I did coming out. That was about two and a half hours of a lot of exposition, and like I applaud you for trying to get all that in there, but I have a character now that I don't really care about. I have mm. a lot of questions about, but I think he's going to be important. Except in this case, it's I think she's going to be important. And that was kind of how I felt. What I mean. were you like? What was, what kind of, what? How were you feeling going in to it? Like as uh, far as the trailers. Okay, so I saw the trailer and I was ambivalent. Sure. I I wasn't somebody who was like, Correct. yeah, man, this looks so good. And then as I mean, I really uh, I think I do a pretty good job of separating uh, stupid actor rhetoric from the film itself. But Brie Larson kept opening her mouth. Yeah, and I was like, please stop. Just like let people enjoy this film and come and see it. Um, and so I mean, I don't know. I went into it with low expectations. Maybe they were slightly raised a little because it was okay and not awful. Um, but it was, you know, that was it. It was okay. It's it's low on my list of the 22 or 3 that there have been. So, yeah. Mike, yeah. what did you think? I actually feel the same way. This is uh, the new Doctor Strange mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I don't really care about this character that much. Like, I don't feel like I got a really good grasp on who this person is and you, to Doctor Strange's credit, he was cooler in Infinity War, so maybe the Russos yeah. can do something with him. So I feel the same way with uh, Marvel, is that maybe they can go and fix her or make right. her better or do something good. She's not like irreparably damaged, but man, it didn't make a good first impression of her. Like nope. everything else about around the movie is more interesting than she is. Yes, yeah. she's the least interesting part of the movie. Yes. Yeah, and, th- <laughs> and there's a lot of structural reasons why I think that is. And just to briefly sum up it, which we'll get into more probably. I want to spend a lot of yeah, time on the structure <laughs> of this crazy thing. I think it's because they were doing an origin story, but trying really hard not to do an origin <laughs> yes. story. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, which is... They cloaked it in an amnesia story. So she mm-hmm. starts off with amnesia and discovers who she is. And so you find out, like, her origin origin story, like, but she's already originated, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, yeah. Yep. and it doesn't work because you don't get to know who this person was before she changed. Yep. But they're, like, they're doing a lot of telling and not showing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make you connect with her because you don't understand how she's changed because you don't know where she started from until, like, close to the end. But by then it's too late. Yep. So, yeah, MJ. <laughs> it's a, it's above below average. Sure. <laughs> um, sure. It's 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 not a good movie necessarily. <laughs> I found myself largely entertained by it. Um, sure. I thought that uh, there's a lot of real stupid exposition to this movie. Um, there's a lot of 
like world building that's really like half half assed. Yeah. Like, and, and there's a lot of it still. Like it's yeah, half assed. Yeah, there's so much of it. Still. Yeah, it's so. a lot. Like because we don't really know who the Cree are. We know that Ronan the Accuser is a Cree. Mm-hmm. He's in this and right. figures into it somehow. So, right. Yeah, and <laughs> that was way more confusing. Like. I, the other way I was thinking about phrasing this is like I liked everything about this movie except the lead performance yep. and <laughs> the a lot of the dialogue and most of the jokes and the production design and the action sequences and the structure of it. Like, <laughs> Correct. It's, it's weird. Like it, I feel like it overcame a lot of odds, but I can't end, like I can't say that I liked the movie necessarily, yeah. but I didn't hate it. Like, it's not an unmitigated disaster. <laughs> and it, it's not boring, but it's pretty boring. It's, yeah, there's like a middle section there where nothing is yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was still better than the action scenes because nothing was <laughs> happening there. I liked the. I think I liked the idea of the central mystery of it. Yeah. I just thought it was really poorly executed. Yep. So it was like, have you guys seen The Long Kiss Goodnight? Mm-mm. No, but I know what you're talking about because there's an amnesia subplot in that. Yeah, right? th- it's this movie. Yeah, it's this movie, but it's like Jason Bourne version. Right. So huh. it's like Gina Davis is Jason Bourne, um, and Samuel L. Jackson is the person tasked with helping, helping her person. figure nice. out who she is. Yeah. So it's literally the same movie almost. Interesting. Uh, but Long Kiss Goodnight is fantastic. It's oh. a Shane Black movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shane Black script. It's really good. It's a really, I think, overlooked 90s action movie. Nice. And where Captain Marvel worked for me is the moments it felt more like the longest goodnight than anything. <laughs> yeah. So the moments where it almost felt like a buddy cop thing. And mm. I thought, this is my favorite Samuel L. Jackson performance in a minute. Mm. Yeah. I thought he was really good in this movie. Yeah. I liked him, but I don't feel like he squared well with the Nick Fury we saw in other movies. And granted, it's kind of like, well, this is how he becomes who he is. And I everyone has like to start somewhere. But yeah. it was just like, he was acting a little too different than how he was portrayed. Like, I, I'm okay with him kind of being like a little bit more slapsticky because he's kind of encountering us for the first time. But it was just mm-hmm. too different, I felt like. Mm. Um, no, I liked it. I liked I liked the way he interacted with all the other characters in the yeah. movie. I yeah, thought. that was fun. Um, and I liked the, the kind of like the birth of the Coulson Fury partnership. Yeah. I thought yeah. that felt really good to me. Sure. Um, where they didn't like really overuse Clark Gregg, but no. there was like just enough of him. I wanted more of him actually, yeah. um, and he was pretty good. And like the the way they kind of introduced the mutual respect there, I thought was really nice and yeah. clever. The dialogue is real weird. Yeah. It's, it's not good, first of all. It's not. And then, like, the way these alien races talk is so casual, and it's really it. odd. I hate it so much. It's really odd. So, like, there's, like, the scroll, right? And and they, they just talk like dudes. Yeah. Like, they just yeah. talk like people talk. And I was like, what? So, like, Ben Mendelsohn plays... Stolos? Well, um, is that his name? No. No. Stolos is t- Talos. Something. Yeah, Telos. That's how memorable Telos. it was. Telos? Yeah. Stolos is that owl demon thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Talos. We'll explain to viewers later what that means. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Anyway, <laughs> Dalos uh, is he's the scroll and he's like the leader of them. Maybe sort of. I don't, he's the one that leader we see of, the, of the refugees. He's just like, there we go. Yeah. yeah, and he's like on Earth and he's just like sipping on sodas like it's Pulp Fiction or some shit. God, and like, and just like talking to them. And he's got he's like he took his Ben Mendelsohn voice and like his scroll version of that is just his Ben Mendelsohn voice but amped to like a billion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he's he's way over exaggerating his lisp mm-hmm. and it's really odd. And, and it was it was frustrating because I actually liked the story they gave that character a sure. lot. Yeah. Um but he's just really goofy yeah. but not but pretty goofy in it. It's a really bizarre performance and i liked when he was the human ben mendelson yes yeah. i liked that part and i liked that he wasn't a villain and i think that's what was the most frustrating part for me mm-hmm. is that they tried to do something interesting with ben mendelson because everyone's just like i don't know make him bad mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he's like a good actor yeah. and not that be playing a villain all the time is bad but it's just like we get to saw, we got to see him do something different yeah because he's been typecast as yeah well. he's been Absolutely typecast as that and it, the way he He's written his real his dialogue's real stupid. It is. It's yeah. real, all the like they all wrote the... them so casually. It, so I have an issue, and it's it's a thing that I've had for a while where it's usually ain't. If I hear somebody say ain't, it's just like nails on a chalkboard. It's like, okay. oh, you're not casual enough. Let's make you say ain't, MJ. Okay. And yeah. then it's like, what the hell? Like, where did that come from? And that's how it felt. Yeah. It was like, ooh, he's like a casual, cool, like chaff English uh, alien dude. And so yeah. it's like, why? <laughs> It doesn't make sense. It was like Thor and Ragnarok trying to start like cracking jokes. Yes. Why? Why is he so casual? Like a human? Like that's I don't know. I no, the with that. tone of this movie was like too jokey. Yeah. In a lot of parts, it was I, the jokes for the most part didn't work for no. me because the lead has no comedic timing. Yeah. Which is not oh, funny. Man. Which is weird because uh, I, so I, we'll get this on the table. I'm not the world's biggest Brie Larson fan as is. She's hailed as the like, arguably the greatest actress of her generation, and I don't see it That's at false. all. No, a lot of people think she is. She's got an Oscar. She was good in Room. She was okay in Room. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I was in a weird mood when I saw it. Eh. But like, but that's I, the only thing I've seen her in that I'm like, yes. And the rest. Eh. So I actually the performances I've enjoyed from her the most are her comedic roles, mm-hmm. which are Scott Pilgrim. Oh, she true. plays Envy Adams, right. and uh, in Twenty One Jump Street. I like her in that movie, actually. I forgot she's in that. Um, she's the villain. Yeah, right? yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, she's, she's pretty good in that movie. Okay, that movie's okay. decent in general, and she's yeah. good in it. Yeah. 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 Um, so those are my two favorite performances from her, and those are both comedic. Yeah. And I think she's real boring as a dramatic actress. Yeah. Like, she doesn't have a big range. No. She's, she doesn't convey any sort of gravitas. Mm-hmm. No. Like, at all. Yeah. No. But she didn't nail the comedic timing. She's just real flat. It, yeah. Like... I don't know how to describe it. Like, I don't know if it's directing or her. Or... I think it's like a mix of both because it's like it also felt like they didn't know how to write her. It's like she's gonna be like you said, she's gonna be the new Iron Man, but she's not funny. She's not no. witty. But they try but to she's give her supposed these to be. yeah, and they try to give her these quippy like lines, and it doesn't work. Like because she's so flat the rest of the movie that like you can't just throw in a funny line and expect her to be hilarious all of a sudden. Well, and also like <sighs> I don't understand. In like it, her sarcasm doesn't make sense as a character the way she's presented in this movie because she's supposed to have forgotten mm-hmm. how 
who she was. Like, how right? to be a human. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's a very human characteristic. Right. Sarcasm is. Yeah. Like, that's a very intrinsically human thing. And so... And apparently scroll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's the one Kree, maybe. And so we, we, we first meet her and she's on the Kree planet. We don't... I mean, we obviously know she's Carol Danvers. We know she's a human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She has these powers because we've been on the internet, right? But like, right. we have to. Which is why this movie is kind of a slog because we kind of like yeah. are waiting for something to happen that like we know is going to happen. Yeah. So, so but go ahead. that's more the fault of the internet than the movie. Necessarily. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the movie could get to the point a lot quicker than they did. But uh, continue, so continue. Divorced from that, yeah, then, right? Because right, right. you you kind of have to yeah, if you're right. going to enjoy anything because everyone knows every bit of movie news about everything. Now. Yeah. Divorced from that, what we have to expect is that she's an alien. And so mm-hmm. we know she's not an alien. Yeah. Which is pretty quick. But she's being all sarcastic to Jude Law and like quippy and like, hey. Yeah. Like, and it's really odd because why is she doing that if she's supposedly supposed to be an alien? Right. Even if she's not an alien, she's been taught to be. She's been taught that she is one of these aliens. Mm-hmm. Right. And none of them are quippy like that. Yep. Why do aliens like human looking? I don't, like they look completely like humans. I'm so confused. But they have different some eye colors blue. that are okay. pretty. Yeah, but some of them are blue. So, it, huh? I don't know. Well, okay. and some of them are supposed to be pink. Oh, Jude Law's supposed to be pink. Oh, I thought maybe he was that would have sun- sunburned. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. I thought that's okay. No, they did a really <laughs> bad job with that. Wait, what? Some of them are supposed to be pink. Yikes. Sure. Yeah. Because okay. But yeah. But anyway, <laughs> Digimon Hansu is just—he's just like it's. They he's, took every other role he's been in and then just made it space flavored. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He had um, cool contacts, like Jude Law. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay so, yeah. So there's no distinguishing them from humans. But anyway, continue. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, but even then, they could still make up for that in the dialogue. Right. And they just yeah. didn't even try. No. They, they didn't talk like people. Right. Like, they, they have no discernible culture, like, or cultural yeah, differences true. from. There's nothing alien about them. Right. Mm-hmm. Except they live in, in space. space. Well, but then when she first lands, they do they try to do the Thor joke of, ooh, she doesn't know what human life is like. She's in Blockbuster. That's hilarious. She doesn't know what a movie is. And yeah. it's like, uh, pick, pick a lane. Like, but, like, but like, they don't do like, they don't even sell like, the fish out of water thing very mm-hmm. well with her. Like, no. in Thor, they do that a lot better. Right. Like, in the first Thor. Yeah, yeah. First yeah. Thor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and this is like, it, it's not quite like a fish out of water movie, but then it's like not quite like a buddy cop comedy with it Samuel Jackson. Everything. And then it's like not quite an amnesia movie. <laughs> yeah. And it's not quite like a suppress your emotions or learn that they're a good thing because where the hell, like, okay, that, for example, like, Jude Law's character is always about like, sup- you gotta suppress your emotions and all this stuff. Right. But he's like, super angry all the it's time. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like, it's not like she was that emotional anyway no, and like right. i don't like and this is not like super emotional after she supposedly embraces her emotions right. either so like I, i'm confused like where that was an issue with her <laughs> yeah uh, ah man like <laughs> other than like them just saying like trying to go and tap into this like cultural meme that like misogynist men say that women right. should, mm-hmm. should right, not right, be right. so emotional and her and hysterical but like right. that it's not communicating the movie no. why that's like something that she's struggling with it's or misogyny is something that she's struggling with or yeah. anything. It's like, it's once again, half-assed like yeah. the rest of the movie. It's like, you can get there if you think about right. it, and but yeah. you shouldn't have to. Like, it should be in the text of the movie right. and it's like half in the text of right. the movie. Well, it's half in the text of the movie and half in like you trying to immerse yourself in the rest of the so-called dialogue that we're having as a society yeah. about these issues sure. and tap right. into 
your emotional response or lack thereof or whatever mm-hmm. to that stuff and bring it into the movie. Right. Which the movie didn't earn that with that no. particular character. No. No, so. it's not like a uh it's not like a blind spotting or like a sorry to bother you from last year. Right. Mm. It's like those movies are predicated on you understanding like like Black Lives Matter being a thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. right. Um but that's in the text of the movie. Like, the right, text yeah. of the movie is, hey, you know how that thing is? Here's an exploration of that. Yeah. Right. Or even, like, The Hate You Give. I don't know if mm-hmm. you really saw that yeah. or not. But it, those movies are explicitly about race and racism, sure. specifically how we talk about it in 2018, 2019. Um, but the movie goes so far as to be like, hey, this is what it's about. Like, it goes so far as to yeah. signal it. of like, mm-hmm. hey, bring this knowledge that you have, whatever level it is, mm-hmm. into this movie to think about it. Right. And... Captain Marvel, it does, but it doesn't. Like, yeah. it's just, just like, you kind of know, you know, you know. Yeah, right. Right. Like, like, you know that some people are mean to, like, chicks. Right. So, yeah. So, so there. Right? Yeah. Like, like yeah. so now so now she's empowered, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's not, I don't. Well, it's like, okay. Well, Missy, I'll let, uh, sorry. Oh, no, no, yeah, go for it, no. go for it. I'll let you talk about this first i felt like the feminism of, of the movie was like non-existent yeah <laughs> yep uh, if that was the point it's well okay so the examples you gave with the films from last year i think when you come with a premise so strong it allows you the freedom to kind of explore other things because everybody knows that this is a film about fill in the blank but with this when you're having a guess like it's a feminist movie but it's kind of like a buddy cop comedy but it's it's not and like so you're you're thinking the whole time uh hey everyone um we had some major audio loss uh, in this section of the podcast. So this is just myself and Missy talking about something that is really important to the rest of the conversation, or at least a good chunk of the rest of the conversation here. Um, normally, you know, we've had audio loss in the past, but this was actually important information as opposed to most of the time when we were speaking. Um so I really wanted to get this in here. So Missy, thank you for doing this. It's kind of an 11th hour thing. Um, yeah, of course. What we were talking about, and I'll just start from here, um, is we were talking about the lack of anything in the movie being presented as explicitly um, female-centric or a female, uh, a, a mostly female problem um, when outside of the movie you know you had people like Brie Larson talking about how this is you know one of the greatest pieces of feminist cinema in a generation and you know in the original recording you mentioned you know she was out there saying you know I don't care if men see this movie it's for women only and kind of your problems with what she was saying versus what the movie presents so if you just want to take that away yeah sure um no, it's it's really strange to me that she and others are are touting this as some like great piece of feminist art or like empowering for women because I mean if you look at it it's really there's nothing in it that's overtly feminist. Uh, there's you know like there's the thing of like uh, the guy telling her to smile and her getting upset about that which is like a common issue for women I guess and and then like the the little montage when she's little. Uh, of different things but but none of that is really like a woman's issue at, at no point is is she being told like you can't do this because you're a woman 
therefore she's got to overcome that that's never a part of her journey and even like those memories that she has from the montage aren't even hers like they're being dug up so like they're they're not nor should they be part of her motivation for what she's doing so there's nothing in it that's really saying you've been held back because you're a woman now you're like overcoming it uh because you're a woman and and you can do this it it was just like she was strong and that was it And, and that to me is not feminism just like because a strong woman exists that doesn't mean she's a feminist icon so yeah there's not a ton in there uh, apart from like that little montage of her being told like no you can't do this like stay down girl yeah okay um that's basically it but like i said it's it's part of a larger conversation so um now what we'll hear is sort of mike jumping in on that final point that you made and talking about how being told not to do something is not explicitly a uh, a female problem at least the way it's presented in the in the text of the film so that's where we're picking up when you hear the audio kick back on mike's not interrupting anyone (laughs) uh i feel like we need to make that clear because the edit does kind of make it sound like we're being jerks to missy um and she starts (laughs) making a point and then we just are like hey here's our opinion now um so yeah yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) uh so thanks again for for doing this um real fast and uh helping make the podcast better oh thanks no problem yep. that's not like a man or a woman yeah right like so no one like... explicitly when they're in the scenes where they're telling her no no one's explicitly like you can't do that because you're right yeah but i feel like they're they're asking you to go and draw on mm-hmm. some stuff yes. from outside yes. in yep. society into this movie to go interpret it through the lens of oh right. it's because she's a woman right but, movie's not making like a definitive enough statement no. on it so, either way yeah so what that guy told her to smile that's like because that's like a common thing with right. like, we don't like right. being told to smile right uh, uh, so that's like a woman's <laughs> issue I so mean. so therefore he deserves to have his motorcycle <laughs> right? stolen like what like like what like i, I don't know isn't that it, like kind of effed up like too like yeah i had your property stolen that's i mean as a woman in 2019 that's what i have learned if you tell me to smile i will jack your shit that's what's gonna happen (laughs) good now so yeah so how does it stack compared to something like uh, wonder woman that's the other you know big female right um i personally liked wonder woman better i i enjoyed that film better Um, i actually like this one Interesting. Yeah. And and I usually don't like DC films. Um, okay, so when they first started saying that they were going to make Captain Marvel, immediately, I'm like, oh. And <laughs> I, okay, so I, I've read this as a thing of, of millennials that we have a really strong BS meter because we've grown up with so much advertisement from when we were like little, little, mm-hmm. that our, our bullshit meter is very, very strong. And so I feel like, like we can see pandering a mile away, right? And so when it's like, guess what, ladies, guess what's coming? We're getting a female superhero. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, no. Like, like if it's going to happen naturally, I like Black Widow. I think she's a good hero. She's a badass. They yeah. don't try to make mm-hmm. her like, look at me, feminist girls. It's just like, she is who she is, and that's awesome. Right. And then it's like, but we have one specifically for you. It's like when freaking Bic tried to make pins for women that were pink and purple. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, that's what it feels like. <laughs> like about Yeah, that's cool that there's a female superhero, but quit trying to make such a big deal about it. Like, as soon as you do, I'm 
automatically like turned off from it because I hate being pandered to. I don't well, like someone telling me what I should want as a woman. And also, and obviously feel free to correct me if sure. I'm wrong on this, as a man, my maleness isn't my identity. Right. You know, and I I can only assume that's the same thing as you as a woman. Is yeah. like that's a part of who you are. Sure. Absolutely. Like you want oh, to that, be your woman. That's because the patriarchy. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but you don't like your whole identity isn't wrapped up in like I am a woman. Like right. you have other interests besides being into being a woman. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's all I care about. So I think about. <laughs> so to pander to that, like very base level thing is mm-hmm. real. Like I don't know. I and every woman I've talked to about this movie has said that exact same thing. Yeah. My wife included. Like they're all just like it doesn't look good. Like the trailers are really bad for this. Movie. They are. And then they're like, and it feels like it's like, hey, be excited because it's a lady. And it's yep. like that's the only reason you should be excited, ladies, is because it's a lady. Mm-hmm. And now shut up and go watch the other boy movies. <laughs> yeah, you a girl. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. True. Um, so yeah, it, it the social commentary is a failure. The yeah. jokes are a failure. The script is bad. <laughs> the action sequences. What the hell? I don't know. So <laughs> man, I, I would even hesitate to say they're action sequences. They're they're a se- series of things that involve action, <laughs> I suppose. But she's like, so she's doing this hand to hand combat stuff. And then she, like, she grabs someone and flips them over, and they're both out of the shot completely, so the shot is just of an empty hallway for a second, <laughs> and that's the action. And I was like, that wasn't real, was it? <laughs> that didn't actually just happen. And it's so, like, it's so, like, chopped up and, like, close up, and it felt like Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. I don't know how yeah, recently you guys have seen Batman and Robin, yeah. but like watch it yearly. Seminal classic, <laughs> right? Uh, so Chill. Batman and Robin. That was the first movie that I remember, and I was eight, like barely in a double digit child. Mm-hmm. That was the first movie that I watched where I was like, "What's going on with the action sequences?" <laughs> because I can't tell what's happening. It's too close to everyone, and that's how a lot of the action felt in yeah. this movie, specifically the. The hand-to-hand combat stuff. It was, yeah. it was real bad. It was real bad. It was... Yeah, man. I, and it was just... The, the directing across the board is just so bland. Yeah. It's visually uninteresting. The colors are so similar. It's hard to... It's hard to make out who certain characters are when yeah. they're fighting. Because mm-hmm. yeah. the color palette's so, like, drab. And, like, they all wear that same green suit. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, the... One of them is fighting the other one. Yeah. Um, They did a bad job directing. (laughs) Yeah, they did. Yeah, it was not good. Um, But I still liked it. Eight out of ten. No, I'm kidding. kidding. (laughs) Um, No, but um, there's a lot of issues with this, man. Yeah. But it's so so strange because it's still not a disaster. Yeah, it was awful. uh, It's so mediocre that it's like, but it's not. It's, it's 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 almost hard to talk about for me because I'm probably going to see it again and I'm not <laughs> upset by that. Right. Because um, Kristen didn't go see it with mm. me. And I feel like it is necessary to see it before Endgame if you want to be super invested. Sure. And so we're going to see it again probably this week. And I, I'm not, not looking forward to it. I'm not like excited, excited. Like, I mean, you know, it's not like The Dark Knight, right? Yeah. Where I was just yeah. like, I got to see that again. Mm-hmm. Right. But I was like, it ended and I was like, oh, Kristen's going to have to see this. But, sure. and I will go, I, and I told her, I was like, I'll go see it with you. I wouldn't hate that. Mm-hmm. You know? It's not a movie I wouldn't, I would mind seeing a, a second time. Yeah. But it's yeah. not a movie I know, I don't think I want to see it more than twice ever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe The Long Kiss Goodnight 
provides an example of a story that does the amnesia stuff better. Yeah. But I think it's really hard to go and make a plot where your main character is a cipher. Yeah. And, and make that person relatable. And yeah. I mean, I, man, I really hate getting into the Star Wars analogies, but I'm going to yes. do it anyway. I was already thinking of something while we were talking. Ray. Yeah. I think I think Ray is another cipher, especially in The Force Awakens, because it's like we're not really told like who she is or what mm-hmm. her past is or anything like that or why she has the powers that she does. And it's kind of difficult to get a read on who she is or what her desires even are. Right. And I think that has also made it difficult to like get a good baseline for her. And I feel the same way about this. I just I don't. I just like I don't know. I just didn't get what was going on. I don't feel the same way about that because I feel like they gave us enough in this to where I could like kind of start to connect with who she is a little bit. And so I'm a little more forgiving of it than you are because the movie takes place in about 24 hours. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. she has just also learned this information. Sure, and now she has to go and decipher it. Yeah. Um, so presumably not in Endgame, but mm-hmm. presumably in Captain Marvel two, the movie made decent money, and I'm sure yeah. we're gonna get that. Yeah. Presumably in Car- Captain Marvel two, that's when we get to know her. It's a little bad that yeah. <laughs> that that's the case. However, what I will say is I don't think it was well executed, but I appreciate that they tried to do something different with an origin story instead of doing just like a down the middle. Here's Iron Man, but yeah. it's Captain Marvel, right? But on the other hand, I think maybe just doing a traditional story, even if it had been formulaic as hell, mm-hmm. would have done better for her character. Sure. Because I don't think slamming all of her character development into what's essentially flashbacks mm-hmm. does her yeah. any service. Like, showing showing that she overcame obstacles when she was young is something that maybe you should establish at the beginning of the movie, not revealing it like at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's the Suicide Squad problem, right? Right. It's like, oh, by the way, like, this is what her katana is about. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. This is what's driving these people. You know, you could start off with a movie with her being a high-flying ace pilot who, or before, when she was a kid, mm-hmm. she kind of overcomes that. She becomes a pilot. Then she loses her memory or she gets, she's forced to suppress her emotions because she has to work for these people. Mm-hmm. And then she breaks away from that in the final third. There's like kind of more of an arc there versus right. like rearranging that and then making it like she's not somebody really and then but she's kind of somebody in the past but you don't really know that and then now she's a person again like it's just really odd I don't know it's just I couldn't get over it um, I get it I I totally get it but yeah. and and yes like you're yeah. right like it should have just started as like Lady Top Gun and then right like, <laughs> and then turned into like long kiss goodnight and then yeah. just like a sci-fi action movie sure. right. like i think it could have done that a lot better if it was structured traditionally mm-hmm. um but at the same time i think we would be sitting here bemoaning like it was that the was movie was damned lot. if it, it did damn 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 damn. True. Right. well and that's the problem i think with every origin story they have going forward which mm-hmm. is that like we've seen a million of these so yeah. how can they go and kind of get to the point faster because like dr strange bit? is a pretty down the middle Yes. Origin. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. But you know what? Like, it, that wasn't good in a different way. Like, because I didn't really feel anything. No. It had nothing to do with, I think, the predictability of it. Like, mm-hmm. I still think there's room to go and do something that's predictable but well executed. Right. right. Um, I don't. I don't think just doing something different for the sake of doing it different means that you get to go and like therefore avoid like every good rule of storytelling, which is to tell you what motivates a character and what drives them. And that's what this movie like completely alighted past. 
Yeah, it's did. the movie. I so people are talking are talking about the lack of character development mm-hmm. in the movie, and I think that that's a misnomer yeah. a little bit. I think they're talking about a lack of a character motivation or character drive. Yes. Because yeah. character development does not a good movie make. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So I was I was thinking about this and I was like, I don't, you know, because I've seen a lot of people who are like, well, she's the same person at the end as she is at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And sure, that sort of doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, let's take my favorite movie of all time, Jaws. Mm-hmm. Quint is a super memorable character from that movie. He does not change over the course True. of the movie. Right. He does yeah. not. He's the same salty sea captain guy from when he scratches his nails on the chalkboard to when he gets eaten by the shark. Mm-hmm. Right. That's. I mean, he has a moment of connection with the guys where he does the Indianapolis speech, but he's still pretty salty sea captain. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's not. It's not necessary. It's an element of storytelling. It's like what we talked about on was it the Lego Movie one. Mm-hmm. Something we talked about it recently of like subversion versus oh, traditional right. yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it's Lego. Yeah, they are neither one of those are good like, or in, bad inherently. inherently yeah. yeah, right. It's just in, in the execution. And this movie, I don't think it. I, I'm fine with her being the same at the end as yeah. she is the beginning. I don't like that. I don't know why she's doing any of the things she's doing. Yes. So I think when people are bemoaning the character motivation or the character development, they're talking about the character motivation instead. And they don't necessarily have that vocabulary. Well, yeah. And I feel like if this movie wanted to send more of a feminist message or just like, I don't want to use the word feminist, like pro-female or something like that kind of message, then wouldn't it be better to start off with her being like somewhat like a high achieving woman who's in the military or whatever and then she encounters this alien, alien race that takes away her agency, like midway through mm. or you know quarter third of the right. way through, yeah. and she has to deal with like overcoming that, and maybe not relying so much on amnesia, but it's just like she has to do things against her will, kind of, you mm-hmm. know. And then she breaks free of that, like free of the restraints, and is empowered again. Like, isn't that kind of like a better way to go and address that and be kind of like empowerment related than to start off with her being like ill-defined like repressed but like you kind of don't know that and yeah. it's just so weird how they do it so i don't know yeah well and i felt like a lot of the story at the beginning until we get introduced to rambo it, like is revolved on her relationship to guys yeah which is real weird to me if it's going for that right extreme yeah. feminist thing that they kept talking up it was mm-hmm. just like man this is a lot of her interacting with like dudes yeah right. um and then and then they go and be introduced to this person who's really important to her life yeah midway through the movie it's like well, once again you didn't you didn't set that up beforehand right. very no. well yeah. uh, care about it. she's freaking fantastic yeah, yeah, she was decent. I liked her a lot. I liked that character, mm-hmm. Rambo. Oh, okay. Uh, Didn't know if you're talking about her or Nat Benning. I was like, Nat Benning was okay. Oh, I liked the <laughs> Nat Benning. Um, but no, the, no, she was great. Rambo was she was the best character in the movie as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And feminist icon, <laughs> not <laughs> <Sure>. Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also like I would much rather her be Captain Marvel. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, she had like a little bit of like a spark Spunk. to her yeah. or something. And her interactions with her daughter mm-hmm. were great. Like, I, I guess she she just needs to smile more, right? <laughs> sure, to steal somebody's motorcycle. But like now. every see, that's the problem is like they bulletproof criticism of this stuff like know, in these ways, and so it's like then you like to go and criticize it, you have to like delve into the stuff that is supposedly stuff that you can't say. Yeah, it's like. Right. It's just it's just crappy though. Yeah, like, sorry. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, sorry. Go ahead. So the scene where they're like talking in her kitchen is mm-hmm. my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Because it feels like to the people, like, yeah. yeah, it feels like the actions and emotions that are relatable, mm-hmm. and you know her. 
when Captain Marvel is like, you know, I know this must be hard for you. And she has her small speech about like, no, you know, what's hard is thinking, you know, your best friend is dead, yeah. et cetera. Mm-hmm. Man, it's so good. She's so good in that scene. Mm-hmm. And I hope she comes back. And I hope that actress is in more stuff because I haven't seen her in anything yeah. else, I think. Yeah. But she was great. The daughter was great. Mm-hmm. Really good. Probably the best kid performance in a Marvel movie, I think. I yeah. agree. Um, I typically don't like kid actors. They're too precocious. <laughs> She's <yeah>. good. <laughs> and yeah, she was really good. I don't know. You know what I kind of felt like? Because I read that the directors were kind of inspired by different movies, but Terminator 2 was one of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I buy that. I kind of feel sense. like that midsection in the movie is kind of like when they go and meet up with like the Dysons. And like, because that's kind of where uh, Sarah Connor kind of regains her humanity is mm-hmm. in that part of the movie. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, after she tries to kill them. Um, but <laughs> um, like she goes and speaks to them and kind of like they're at the house for a little bit talking right. about things. I felt like that was kind of what they were going for, maybe, with that stuff, too. It's the best stuff in the movie. It's the best mm-hmm. stuff in the movie. Yeah. Well, and it felt... So, I was going to come at you with uh, Ninja Turtles. Yes. Yeah. The, felt the, like the, in, the farm... The farm sequence scenes. of Ninja yeah, Turtles. Yes. Yeah. And those are, like, the respective... I'm not... Well, best parts of Terminator 2. That's not the best part of Terminator 2. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. Uh, <laughs> sure. Terminator 2 is, like, is a lot better in other scenes. But right. in Ninja Turtles, that probably is, like, the best part of the film. Is just them kind of, like licking their wounds and stuff like that and yeah. just kind of chatting for a bit mm-hmm. um all that is undercut by i think the fact that the movie is serving too many masters yeah. where if i just focus on like the relationship between carol and her friend instead of like also being about samuel jackson's doing stuff and then also like she's being mentored by this bad guy mm-hmm. and also ronan's in here <laughs> and the avengers and, and it's just like there's just so much like it's just serving too many like masters right. like the greater yeah. marvel narrative and setting up the avengers but we already got them set up and, right. and guardians of the galaxy with this one villain who was super unmemorable and like lost in a dance fight yep. with star lord yep. like what yeah. uh, oh so anyway and lest we forget constantly jacking off to the 90s yes yes yikes you guys yeah like saying it in the 90s really didn't change anything besides just the songs that they used it was (laughs) it was either incredibly into the fact that it was in the 90s or or completely ambivalent to the fact that it was set in the 90s yeah I might be remembering the 90s wrong, but I don't remember people talking the way they did in this movie no. really like that. Like, cause once again, it didn't feel like the dialogue really reflected no. it. Just some references did. It yeah. just was so, like... I remember Alta Vista or whatever. Yeah. So in that first trailer when she crashed into a blockbuster, I remember audibly reacting to that when I first saw it where I was just like, All right. But how else will you know it's the 90s? By every other joke in the movie. <laughs> yeah. So there's this thing, right, where like 80s babies are making movies now. And they're like, we made it like the 80s movies. Mm-hmm. And 80s babies are like, that's dope. And now 90s babies are making movies, of which we are, for the yeah. most part. Yeah. Sure. And uh, I hate it. <laughs> and I don't hate a lot of 90s movies. Yeah. But I was yeah. just like, oh, can we skip to millennials making movies now? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I think I think they're going to have a bigger and bigger problem doing that stuff. Because, yeah, I mean, there's some aspects about the 90s that are distinctly the 90s. Sure. But it's not the 80s. You know what I mean? Like, the 80s had, like, a real distinct vibe to them i think you, you cocaine can, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean most people don't remember anything about the a's because right. of it but right. Nah, right but but like 
I don't know. I, I just feel like there's is there that much nostalgia about the '90s the way there is like the '80s or the '70s or the I don't 60s know. What do you guys? The, I mean, we're like, all of that generation. There's like the the freaking memes. It's like only '90s kids will remember sure. this, and yeah. it's like literally everyone remembers Slinkies. Like we're not retarded. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it felt like. It's like wink, wink. She's on AOL. <laughs> like, do you remember <laughs> that? <laughs> or like, remember oh. Pokemon? That show <laughs> that is still ongoing and still has games yeah, going to a, this day. So no, not only '90s kids remember. <laughs> Remember this? Yeah. I don't know. Or Dragon Ball Z, which is that thing that is still <laughs> ongoing and still having things made of it to this day. So no, not only 90s kids remember this. Or Ninja Turtles, that thing that is still <laughs> ongoing and that like most of the nineties hasn't left us yet. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or or Nintendo, that thing that is still ongoing and like yeah. I, we still live with it. Like and it kind of evolved, but it's still kind of the same. So like no, I don't really feel like yeah. That works quite It's like the this same. need to separate ourselves. Because like you said, the 80s is, is really memorable. The 90s is what? We had like grunge. We had a lot of like sex scandals in the presidency and <laughs> like awful shit happening. And, and... Well, we are doing that now. Right. That's true. That's true. Wait, so it's like. We're, we are. Oh, my bad. <laughs> so it's like this desire to try to make the 90s something that it wasn't. So 90s yeah. kids are like, oh, like remember this. It was so cool. And it's like. It wasn't. You're, you're like picking out like from the old Toys R Us catalog and saying, hey, remember this? And like, yeah. remember Blockbuster? The 90s wasn't hey, that Blockbuster great. Blockbuster was cool. No, Blockbuster <laughs> was cool. Uh, so it's like, that's cool. She landed in a Blockbuster. She's like, huh. Like that was the extent yeah. of my reaction. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, oh, Babe poster. I was like, did that come out then? And that was like me like pondering when Babe came out. That was how yeah, much I was yeah. invested in There is a lot watching. of like, um, did Melancholy and the Infinite Sa- was that out in 95? Yeah. And then the one that got under my skin is when he was like, grunge is a good look for you. And I was like, Nine Inch Nails is industrial metal. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just one guy shouting into the void about that. <laughs> um, How do we feel about the, uh, I'm just a girl song playing during like climactic. Oh, so on the nose. It was so on the nose. God. It made me sad. That song's kind of on the nose, though. It, so maybe yeah. it's in on the game. Like, I like No Doubt, and I yeah. hate how it was used. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually didn't mind that as much as I... I was furious that Nirvana was in this movie. Yeah. I was upset. I'm not even a big Nirvana guy. <laughs> I don't even like them that much. They're whatever. But I was just like, what? <laughs> who who responsible this? Yeah. What, what did you guys think about... The Stan Lee stuff. At the beginning? At the beginning or, in his cameo. Um, I I really liked it at the beginning. Um, it I was like, aww, as far as my audible reactions, because now I'm sharing those apparently. Uh, no, I thought it was very sweet. It was it was poignant. Um, I, I, I liked this cameo. I thought it was fine. I thought I had remembered somebody saying, like, this is, like, the perfect cameo for Stan Lee. It's, like, so awesome. It's the perfect last cameo. And I was like, it was okay. I don't think it was any better than his sure. other cameos. <laughs> At the risk of sounding like Bill Maher, I'm not going to say anything about the Stanley stuff. So, Boo. yeah, sorry. What does that uh, mean? Wait, um, what did Bill Maher say? Kind of like, well, you can. So he it. he said he used the Bible to say that makes sense because Bill Maher's a theologian. Yeah, he well he he was talking about like the you're an adult, you shouldn't be into comic books and comic book movies. Like you, oh yeah, and he was like, you need to grow up. He was like, even the Bible says, like, it's time to put away childish things, so do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go that far, but, like, uh, I don't want to... Just say it. Uh, say it. Miss a thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Where was that 90s reference? Anyway. Exactly. Um, 
I kind of dislike the glorification of Stanley. Because he like, was an a-hole, or no, just not that. It's just I don't know. It just it, it has felt extreme to me. Mm. Um, That's fair. I can't I can't flesh it out, and I don't really want to like take up too much time on it. But there's just something that rubs me the wrong way about it, and I've had a difficult time articulating it. And I don't want to say anything more, like, until I really work it out in my brain. So, okay. it's just gone, it's just, it's just unsettling to me, and I can't really explain why. Okay. So, okay. yeah. That's interesting. I think it's interesting that you don't know why. Yeah. Um, so I really liked it. I thought, because all of this is, stems from him, yeah. to a certain extent. So I think, you know, I think doing that was smart. Mm-hmm. Um... And I liked it. I really liked the cameo, but I have a special connection to that cameo. Um, if you guys look behind me, there is an autographed copy of Mall Rats sitting up oh, there. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is signed by both Kevin Smith and Stanley. Nice. Did you guys like Goose? <sighs> okay. I did at first. Cats are mildly amusing. Sure. So, so I'm like, okay, it's a cat. That's And it, it's the juxtaposition of Samuel L. Jackson and the cat is funny, right? Because mm-hmm. he's like big, tough guy and it's a cat. And then it got old. It got old, like, seconds after it was introduced. Um, obviously, you could tell that it wasn't just a cat. Uh, I I personally thought it was going to be, like, Annette Benning. She'd somehow turn into a cat mm. or something. Uh, uh, same thing with Jude Law. Yeah. It was just kind of, like, waiting. <laughs> I was like, all right, when's it going to be bad? I'm like, all right, when's this cat not going to be a cat anymore? And then it had, like, squid mouth or something like that. So The squid mouth uh. got me, man. Like, I just super, like... So I read all the spoilers beforehand mm. and knew basically about as much going into it as I did after I read the spoilers because nothing happens in this movie. I know. Somehow you knew less. Yeah. 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 And uh, so it was just like, and then Goose swallows the Tesseract. And I was like, all right. So then when it happened, I was like, I see. <laughs> yeah. So that made me laugh. But then I was like upset that they went and did the same joke that they did with Groot, Groot. in Guardians. That's yeah. what I was getting into. Yeah. It was real stupid. I was like, do we just... Like, that's the most popular one of these movies. Right. Why are you ripping that one off? Yeah, we just saw this, like, five years ago. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, I thought that was real stupid. Um, but I liked I liked Goose. It made me laugh. Like, it made me laugh that the scroll was afraid of it. Right. Yeah. For whatever reason. And then I, like... I was mad at myself for laughing when he said Mother Flurkin. I was like, ah, I got me. Damn it. <laughs> Did you like the fact that he lost his eye to the flirt? I hated it. I was so upset. Yeah, I thought it was funny that it was like for no reason. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm like back and forth on it. Like, I, it kind of fits like with he like kind of has built up a legend yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But I also kind of didn't like it too because I kind of want it to be a little bit more badass. I liked but... that they kind of referenced it at the beginning yes. when he's with the scroll in the car uh-huh. and he gets the bloody eye mm-hmm. and you think like, oh, is it going to get infected yeah. and fall yeah. out like right. or whatever? Like you kind of don't know. And then that happens and you're like, oh, it was a stupid reason. Yes. Yeah. No, I like that too. I liked because uh, I was like, oh, is this where it is? Oh, no, that's not where he loses his eye. But you got me. Like, I like being got in that right. way. And then when it was the cat, I was like, no. Like, I may have actually said no. Like, why? And and I think, like, for similar reasons to what you guys were saying, like, I like the idea of flushing out Nick Fury and getting to know him, getting a backstory with him. But I still don't know where he went from happy-go-lucky buddy cop to really, like, severe hard-ass. Was it the cat scratching his eye that, like, that pushed him over the edge? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I have, like, more questions now about, like, how he's developed as a person. Yeah, it was a claw too far. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, yeah. I assume that's the story they're going... That's the B story of the Captain Marvel sequels. Yeah, uh, yeah. if they decide to go and have them in between mm. Endgame and this movie, then yes. Yeah. Um, I... Fury is such an important character to right. this movie, I feel like they don't not have a roadmap for him. So, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I... But do you see them going and making captain marvel sequels focus on the time frame between now and endgame i have a feeling they don't want to go and just restrict her to the past they're going to want to play with her in the present mm-hmm. beyond just an avengers movie i don't even know what they could do if they stayed in the past but i, I mean she could help with watched, like relocating so. the, the scrolls or something and something happens with that but still yeah i don't know i just i don't see them doing that I mean, maybe like the Black Widow movie that they're supposedly making, they mm-hmm. could go and have like her early on dealing with Samuel Jackson, mm-hmm. kind of developing from mm-hmm. this encounter, maybe. But yeah. I don't know. It just kind of like left me feeling like now I'm like I really don't know how this guy got to this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but it, once again, like individually, like I think you were kind of getting at in this movie, he himself was entertaining. Yes, mm-hmm. it's like when you go and compare it to the other movies, and to it's the larger, like, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's like, well, this doesn't quite fit now with like how I, I didn't think even I... consider that because I was so yeah. entertained by it. I thought he was. Right. I thought his individual performance was actually really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. It felt like a '90s Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Like it felt mm-hmm. like Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah, uh, and so I really, I actually really liked that. But yeah, I guess that does make sense. Where it's like, okay, well, when does he become Leather mm-hmm. Jacket? Mm-hmm. You know combat ready right Nick Fury. yeah yeah um so do we want to talk about how it relates to endgame or something like that now like she made the pager yeah God. that's all <laughs> from radio shack like, i mean I, don't. I trust the russo brothers but yes i have i have a concern that like this 11th hour character is going to be the one who like helps fix a lot of the things the data and, sex more you know and Deus Ex Marvino. Oh. <laughs> you couldn't even get you couldn't yeah, even get through yeah, without yeah. laughing. Yeah. Um, without even feeling bad. Um, True. Versus like, yeah. I mean, it's not like an issue of her being bad. Although I do think that she's been ill-defined thus far. But mm-hmm. maybe they can fix that. But we spent time with like these other like people for like ten years. Yeah. And then to introduce her like a movie before yeah. where she's going to be clearly somewhat important. I think is kind of weird. We only got one movie with Doctor Strange. But yeah, true. But yeah. now he's been well, that's dusted. That's why it feels like a Doctor Strange movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but now he's been dusted. And mm-hmm. like clearly it's kind of left to the original people you think. But then plus right. her. So I don't know. We're just going to have to see how they balance that. I mean, so, I think that they can. Have but... you guys heard this rumor that there are two cuts of Endgame? No. No. I don't buy this. No. Corey was telling me this last night. I'm not throwing Corey under the bus. He was just kind of trying to feel out where I... So he was saying that there are... He had heard that there might be two cuts of Endgame, and depending on how people react to Captain Marvel, she might feature more heavily or less heavily into it. I don't buy that. um, Just because I don't think Marvel would gamble on something that big in that manner. Like, I just don't... They've been too smart about this for too long mm-hmm. and have like it's clearly been very planned since the beginning yeah well to be fair civil war was kind of written with spider-man sure being thrown in at like the last second yeah so 
I mean, there's kind of a little bit of a precedent for it, but not to that degree, obviously. Yeah. They're going to bandersnatch it. You have to yeah, pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the did Captain you like Marvel Captain Marvel, <laughs> or did you thought it was meh? Yeah. But then I, how do you interpret the results of this movie then currently? I mean... As far I, as... like RP, I guess. Like, how would they go and be like, from how it's done thus far and yeah. the reception it's gotten, would they go and be like... Yeah, we'll have more of her now, yeah, or not. Like, I don't know how to like, interpret it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like that, like, that was... I mean, and it made like a decent amount of money. Sure, yeah. yeah but... And no one's been like, that was a crap fest. Right. You know, like, there are. It's Besides, bottom like, two. some men's rights advocates sure, sure. who are trying to troll. Because they're sexist. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, it's. So, it's not. It's bottom tier Marvel movie for yeah. sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I can think of three other Marvel movies I like less than this, at least. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's getting pretty close to being the it, bottom three for I me. I actually lined mine up the other day thinking of it, and it was it was really near the bottom, but yeah, there maybe were two or three underneath it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mine are Iron like Through the Dark World, Iron Man 2, oh, and God, Iron Man 2. Yeah. And depending on the day, Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Doctor Strange is down there for sure. Yeah. I didn't like Iron Man 2 or 3. So oh, I really like Iron Man 3 oh, a lot. Yeah. Uh, ben Kingsley was a waste. I was really upset. Yeah, I, I can't get over that betrayal, man. I'm sorry. It's so good. <laughs> um, actually, I don't like really think Thor: The Dark World is as bad as people say. But I can notice like this meme now that it was really bad. Okay, so so I didn't. Yeah, and, and then, then we watched it again. We watched all of them leading up to Infinity War. Uh-huh. It's pretty bad. Okay, uh-huh. so I watched it the first time and I was like, ah, I don't think that was good. And then I watched it the second time and I was like, Oh, I think I like that a lot actually. Uh-huh. And then. That that was my third time seeing it, and I was like, "This is kind of a mess." Huh. I think that like my opinion on Ragnarok has made me think that Thor two is still kind of better than Ragnarok. So uh, it's not. Yeah, it's, I mean, <laughs> having recently watched them, it's, okay. I, I don't think it is. At least, yeah. obviously, okay. your opinion yeah. may differ from mine, and that's fine. But yeah. the first Thor is great. Yeah, the yes. first Thor is yes. like really good. Yes. It is very good. Um, and that's a movie that I think now is unfairly grouped as being like a lesser. Yeah. Movie yes. Too. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But I feel like. That movie did a better job of kind of doing some of the Captain Marvel things yep, that this absolutely. movie was trying to do. Well, because he's truly alien, right? Right. Like, he's not this weird hybrid like between... It, it commits to it. It commits to it, but it, 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 it it's that's baked into the character. Yeah. The character is intrinsically committed to that. Yeah. The character of Captain Marvel is intrinsically kind of confused. Yeah. yeah. Which is a problem when you're trying to tell her origin story to an audience that doesn't read comic books. Yes. yes. Now, I will say I'm we I'm getting really impressed with a general audience is just kind of accepting some of the weird ish that happens in these movies. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. there's some goofy stuff that happens mm-hmm. where even I'm like, people understand this and people come out and they're like, that was pretty good. Yeah. And I was like just like Joe Sixpack average moviegoer yeah. is just accepting some weird sci-fi shit happening in these movies now. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. and Hollywood did not trust them with this stuff ten years ago. No. Yeah. So nope. No, that, that is impressive, and I do give credit to Marvel for that. That's mm-hmm. just the weird sci-fi premises were better executed. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> this didn't quite fit in with anything else, but, well, kind of did with, like, some of the structural stuff, but making Jula's character, like, go from being, like, mentor guy to bad guy was real, real poorly done. Mm-hmm. Like Really badly executed. Yeah. Yeah. I liked all of that stuff in theory so yeah, much. It was like, so interesting. You can't just, like, start off with, like, this character that you spend like 10 minutes with yeah. and then be like at the end of the movie actually he was bad mm-hmm. like there has to be some stuff like in between there where like 
to make you care. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, yeah. Like, okay. hey, remember that guy? He was bad. Yeah, so, <laughs> so that's what, yeah I, I had this real weird moment where when, like, Talos is talking to Captain Marvel mm-hmm. about, like, hey, they're, you're, like, you're actually part of the bad guys. Yeah. Uh, we're the bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> you're actually part of the bad guys and we're actually like the good guys who are being oppressed and stuff i didn't realize that was happening until like a minute into him telling her that yeah like, it... <laughs> and so i had this moment where i was like i was watching it and then he said something and i was like i should have paid attention to that. <laughs> and um i was just kind of like I think he's telling her that everything she knows is a lie. Right. And I think I like that. Yeah. yeah. But only because I'm thinking about it. Like It, <laughs> it didn't feel momentous in the no. way that they were delivering it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it was like this weird kind of like offhand way of being like, hey, this whole thing is a revelation, right? Yeah. But, and, but like you, you didn't know it as it was happening. Also, so. I have a soda. Yeah. <laughs> That's, like, the whole movie, though. Like, there's no actual, like, forward motion. It's, like, bumper cars. Like, we're, like, kind of going, nope, we gotta stop because we got another flashback. And we're gonna go a little bit and there's something big, but nope, we're gonna stop it. There's yeah. nothing. Yeah, so I was gonna talk about, you know, the movie's clearly an amnesia thing. And mm-hmm. they're hard to do, but how does something like... How does something like the Bourne movies get past that? Right? Because those movies are well-regarded and they're oh, good yeah. movies. And they... they for all intents and purposes, even Long Kiss Goodnight, which mm-hmm. I haven't seen in a while, so I can't speak to that necessarily. But what is, what what does make a good amnesia story? Because they're kind of well, the Bourne movies. I haven't seen the first one in a long time. I haven't so, seen any of them in a minute. Yeah, mm-hmm. so forgive me for getting things wrong. They're a little bit more propulsive. Yeah, like sure. they have like good action scenes in them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like it feels like there's some momentum happening mm-hmm. in a way, and it's not trying to go on like lore build or it's not serving different masters where like there's yeah. a greater born narrative the born borniverse that they're trying to set up you know it's just like it's just it's just like a single movie you know and, born on the fourth of july uh, <laughs> uh yeah it's bornhemian uh, rhapsody yeah. <laughs> No, I agree. I think that's a good point because this was like it's an origin movie that didn't want to be an origin movie, and it knew it wasn't going to get another movie to flesh her out before we needed to be big in Avengers. So it's like let's try to put all of that into one thing. Oops, we can't, and it's kind of shitty. It's yeah, with the Bourne movies, it's there's one purpose the whole time. Yeah, it's just like he's yeah. running, and then like the question is why, and yeah. that's, and that's <laughs> <kinda> <laughs> it. Yeah. you know. Uh, also, the plot to most Tom Cruise movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it was too confused don't not see it like i can't in good conscience be like avoid at all costs it's not trash i didn't like not 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 (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it's like and the crowd goes mild Uh, yes yes how the movie feels it's it's weird though because like i said like people are still coming out like oh man like i really want to see endgame now right and there's something about this movie that does that and i think it's just i think that mid-credit scene because i was like 
we see Captain America and Black Widow. I didn't give yeah, a crap yeah, that yeah, Captain yeah. Marvel was there. I was like, what are they doing? Yeah. And then like seeing the totals going up, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's scary. So I think ending on that note was really good mm-hmm. as far as getting the wheels in motion in people's brains for Endgame. But Endgen. it didn't end on that note. It, it ended on it, the cat <laughs> vomiting up the Tesseract. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> See, to me, I think that was like a pre-existing condition that was like, I was already excited for Endgame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then like, I'm still excited for Endgame. It's yeah. Like, yeah. The rest of the Marvel stuff I'm not so sure about now. I'm not right. excited for Captain Marvel 2. Right. Like, right. Did it make me oh, want another? And I'm not like particularly excited about this next phase of superhero stuff. They're going to mm. maybe right. presumably replace some of the other heroes we've right, gotten right, acquainted right. with. Although I will say, now I look back a little bit more fondly on Black Panther. I'm going to be honest, just seeing this movie. Like, mm. they did a better job, like, knocking stuff out of the park with that movie than this mm-hmm. movie did yeah, by a long sure. shot. Yeah. Like, I will watch a Black Panther 2, like, no questions asked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I will yeah. watch a Captain Marvel 2 because I feel obligated for this podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested <laughs> to see what they do with that character in... Well, what I'll say, my interest in a Captain Marvel 2 is conditional in mm-hmm. when it takes place. Yeah. Because I wouldn't mind seeing another Captain Marvel that takes place in this period, not because I want more stupid references to 90s <laughs> bands and albums, but... To early 2000s. Yeah, something yeah, like that. Funny. Like, just like a scene set to Helena by a My Chemical Romance. Mm-hmm. Um, so, she's got black hair and mm-hmm. she's just emo now. Perfect. Um, they'll be like, emo's a good look on you and she's wearing a Linkin Park t-shirt. <laughs> They're new metal. Um, you should frown more. <laughs> you should frown more? <laughs> You need more resting bitch face. Oh, uh, that's hilarious. But no, just because I want to see now how she... Gets over emo. Re- reconciles her humanity. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Because um, we didn't get that. Yeah, because we, we got the beginnings of that in this. And I think that's okay. But I think we really need to go somewhere with it now. Yeah. Um, but if they're not planning on setting movies between this and Endgame... Why yeah. would you yeah. make it then? Um, plus, I think it's almost necessary to do the Nick Fury backstory as well because mm-hmm. they seem very connected. They have they have now intrinsically connected them. Um, so my excitement in Captain Marvel two is conditional on when it takes place and who's directing. Because <laughs> yikes! Um, I need to. So you brought up the humanity thing, and okay, so her like riveting moment, right, where she's thinking back of all the times that she got up. Which I was expecting to be very female. I was expecting it to be the times that she was like, no, you can't because you're a girl. It seemed more centered on the fact that she was a human. And I kind of liked that. Mm-hmm. I liked that it wasn't mm-hmm. super like, you can do this because you're a girl. It's you can do it because you're a human. I'm like, oh, that's cool. But they hardly touched on that. Yeah. And that was yeah. such a exactly. huge thing. So it's uh, like, I, I, missed I, opportunities. You can't just like make it resonant because yeah. like she got up a couple of times. <laughs> right. After she killed somebody in a go-kart. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like... People fall down and they get up all the time. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. flash back when I get up this time to all the <laughs> other times that I got up. But I don't sure. Well, like yeah. uh, I don't know. Like, it didn't work. <laughs> Sorry. So it's like that's the juxtaposition of of though like like uh, oh god, what's his name? Steve in the alley where he's just like I can do this all right. day. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Or or um uh the Chumbawamba song. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but we saw Steve in the alley like doing that stuff in real time yes. in the movie it wasn't right. like we could also recall uh, it with him right like 
we saw him like doing that. It's not like he we started off with Captain America being a beefy dude and then he, like we like flash back like sitting five percent of the way through the movie mm-hmm. to like he was in the alley and he fought this one guy <laughs> this one time. Here's skinny Steve tiny. Rogers, you know? It's like uh, here he here he was like on the baseball team and he like <laughs> tried to slide into the mound and like collided with the pitcher and killed him. <laughs> you know? Like just took his head clean off with his but, cleat. But he damn and it, never mentioned it. Again. But damn it, he got up. <laughs> And, and he was like, I can do this all day. I can burn the pictures and knock their head off. <laughs> and like, this is Captain Marvel. <laughs> this is what it is. What? I feel like that was a good point that got completely derailed as you were making it. Like yeah. in the movie. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's my greatest question. What happened to that kid that blew up in the go-kart? <laughs> that blew up in the go-kart. It looked like it blew up. Dude, it looked like fucking Mario Kart. Like, <laughs> I he got hit with like, a blue it, shell. It, it, yeah. like, he just got blue shelled to death. <laughs> there was like smoke. I questioned the physics of it because well, I've been go-karting recently. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. That's the kid's fault. For dying. Yeah, I guess so. I'm just saying, every time I've seen anyone else get blue shelled, they've just gotten right back on track. Well, he got rainbow roaded and blue shelled. They flew off and yeah, no more. Yeah, didn't go and pick him up. <laughs> sure. Oh what? Yeah, you know, the cloud guy who picks you up. I know who Latiku is, Mike. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Stop mansplaining Latiku to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm cart-splaining. There you go. Okay. Makes sense. You identify as a go kart? It's 2019. <laughs> Don't presume okay. anything. Cart, never mind. I'll just stop. All right, we're the bad guys. 